Blog Talk Radio. We've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding. The world is going to know it. we rock it like you're never going to see us again. Come on over. Come on over. Jamaica, go What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure gold. Yes, sir. And with that, a good evening to you all. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, December 19th, 2017. My name is Joe, and my tag team partner and co-host, as always, Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? And Mike's on the air too, sir. How are you? I'm doing fabulous, sir. I'm trying to find these clips here, and apparently we've only got a couple of clips. Well, I mean, this is a famous oh, What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. I'm trying, to find, I'm trying to find some clips here and trying to see if I could get, uh, you know, the, the late great. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, that's pretty much it. I have to make sure that those, those clips are on the air. And now that the clips are off the air, I can go to a place, my private studio, uh, my private loft here, away from all the uh, Dorn fans, and we can talk about the only thing that I care to talk about, sir. There is one topic tonight, one topic only. You know, know what, what that is. is. <laughs> it's the seven-year anniversary of pure gold. <laughs> Wait, has it been seven years? Really? It's been that long? <laughs> Wait, when did we start? With 2010, right? That's right, folks. 2010, seven-year anniversary of Pure Gold. Woo! As a matter of fact, this week, which I didn't even realize that a couple of days ago, was the seven-year anniversary. Congratulations, sir. Yeah, how about that? I mean, it's it's been a long time, almost as long as uh, some shows that we want to talk about tonight. Oh, of course. Well, the interesting thing about that, I mean, and we will get to the most important topic of the night, the only topic of the night, aside from what we're discussing right now, the interesting yeah. thing is that it's been seven years, and we've little by little we've started to do show a little bit more consistently. I mean, this is what the this is the first episode of no, the second episode I think of the fall. We do one in November, we do one in December. Pretty soon we're gonna start doing one a month, sir. I mean, we're really gonna get going again. <laughs> we are, we are. Thanks to our inspiration, that's no longer uh, on the, the air, I believe. Well, the interesting thing is, I wanted to make I wanted to open the show a certain way, and I'm sure that this whole thing got wrecked. I mean, there were people talking in the background. Nobody knew what was going on. I'm trying to do the, you know, I'm trying to do these clips. You know, yeah. I had asked you to let me open the show, and in typical pure gold fashion, it was a complete mess. So, sir, why don't you do us the honors, the privilege, to introduce tonight's topic, the only topic that matters here on Pure Gold. Yeah, I guess the uh, let's just go through these quick nuggets that I have. I guess it's not today's show is not about our seven anniversary, even though. Uh, the inspiration to our seven-year anniversary is the main topic. It's not about the Survivor Series, where Pure Gold originally had started on YouTube. It's not even about Dolph Ziggler. It's not about President Trump. It's not about 
uh, North Korea, South Korea. It's not about the tax reform bill that just passed. It's really about the end of an era and the end of maybe WFAN as we know it, sir, because only a few days ago on December 15th, we've been talking about this for a couple, uh, you know, we've been talking about this on the past shows, but uh, it finally hit home when Mike Francesa had his final show on Friday, December 15, 2017, signed off with those famous words, I love you, goodbye. And with that... Yeah, I know I know, you were in tears over that, I'm sure. I mean, I, I'm still in tears. I mean, I can't find the tissue box right now, but uh, just use my sleeve as we speak, because I, I got to say, because I'm a nostalgic guy, and I, I know you're not a big nostalgic guy, but... To, to tell you that my dad introduced me to Mike and the Mad Dog, and we've talked about Mike and the Mad Dog along, along the way over the seven years, and the reason why we do this show and why all these listeners listen to us is because, you know, we... we <laughs> oh, yeah, all the listeners. We're inspired can't by Mike them. and the Mad we Dog. Listen, yeah. we got to do like Mike did. You know, you, the callers are one thing, but the listeners, the audience, that's another thing. you got to really differentiate you had to differentiate our long list of callers over the years and then the listeners. I mean, it's two different things there. Yeah, I think uh, callers, we probably had four, and about listeners, we've had about, like, 40. So, yeah, no, you're right. We, yeah. <laughs> we've had more than four callers. I mean, we had, the, the, unfortunately, the late, great Neil from, uh, from uh, Belleville. I That's mean, one. One, of, one of the greatest callers. I mean, I, I would say our top three callers, really, in, in no particular order, would be Neil. Uh, the icon, of course, uh, Angel from yep. Woodland Park, and Kenny from Florida. I mean, those are probably the three most regular callers that we ever have. But then we had uh, Fred. He called that one time to talk to us about wrestling. We had that guy, uh, Elwood, was it, who called yeah. us. He found us online, and he was talking to us about all stuff, you know, with the Peyton Manning and the Super Bowl, you, you know, years ago. Uh, he's, a, he's a Colts fan. Uh, we had Greg, who had called in a few times. Uh, I mean, we've had... We've had quite a few people over the years call in, sis. I mean, you know, let, let, let's uh, Mitch. Mitch is in uh, Mitch is in our top five callers. I mean, he's up there. He's right after uh, Neil and, and Angel and all them. I'd say, you know, the shame of it is, and I just to just to kind of touch on this real quick. Um, I mean, we never did get to do a tribute show to Neil. I mean, if anybody deserves a tribute show, it'd be him. And hopefully, one day we'll be able to do that. But today's show is specifically about one person, and that is the irreplaceable, the incomparable. Mike, the sports pope, Francesa. And I know there's a lot of you out there listening, hundreds and hundreds of you out there. Some of you are fans of Mike. Some of you are not. Some of you, like my dad, can't stand him, never could. Some of you, you are my brother. And other people just loved his opinions. I mean, Mike said it in an interview recently. His whole thing was like that, that idea in New York that people had to hear his take. And it wasn't him being cocky. This is the truth. You know, when a big thing happens, in New York sports, it was always like, oh, I can't wait to hear what Mike has to say about this. And I, how many times over the years, so when Mike was on vacation, the plenty of vacations that he took, were you not thinking to yourself, oh, man, I wish Mike was on. I want to hear what he has to say about this trade or about this big move. It, I mean, it was constant. And what's funny is that I, I guess you told me this recently off the air that your dad just stopped listening to him. But my dad, over the last maybe six or seven years, when he went solo, Mike, um, when he broke up with the dog, um, he would just, he couldn't stand Francesca. He was thought he was too cocky, too brash. But the funny thing is... <laughs> well, that's is, where my dad didn't like him. Right, but the funny thing is, he still listened. And that's what the uh, an entertainer does, just like in wrestling, right? If you're a heel or a face, you want to elicit or solicit some emotions because... 
If you don't, if you don't, I've got, do that, I've got, uh, hold on a second, sir. I've got Kelly, the producer, in in the office, and she's telling me no. I'm not sure what it is that she's saying no to, but it could be the fact that we're just discussing her favorite sports figure of all time, the incomparable Mike Francesa. But continue, sir. <laughs> but as, as I was Kelly saying, just, Kelly just made the puke sign. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's not a fan of Mike Francesa. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but the fact that my dad continued to listen to him and called him like every name in the book uh, under the sun was just another reason that, for me anyway, I just love the guy. And I know that he's done some really douchey things to people. I mean, a la Chris Marlin. Well, we we can get on that in a second because, of course, we're going to talk about Mike and his replacement. I get what you're saying. My dad always, always disliked Mike. I think my, my brother and I used to listen to, and this is the thing, it, I've always hated the, the word religiously, like, oh, I, you know, and I understand why people use it, but do you remember, and I was, I was explaining this to, to um, my wife the other day, and also, I was also explaining it to Kelly off the air, the thing about Mike to me, the, you know, it, it hit me because, again, I'm not in New Jersey anymore, I'm not in that New York market, I don't listen to the fan, hard, I hardly ever listen to it, but lately I've been kind of trying a little bit more to listen to it, knowing that Mike's last show is coming up, I listened to the last couple episodes, and um, when, when he signed off, I love you, goodbye, I mean, I was weeping openly, you know, let's, let's be real about that. I was just crying, just weeping profusely, like a, a member of my family. And you and I have talked about this. It's almost like a member. I, I hate to use this expression because of, you know, again, we talked about Neil and the whole tribute to him and stuff like that. And, you know, so I don't mean to compare the two because obviously there is no comparison in real life. But it's almost like somebody in your family is gone. It's almost like a, a friend of the family, shall we say, is, is no is no longer. You know, the fact that they named the, the studio after him, it's like he's dead. Let's, let's, let's honor him with the studio name, you know. Usually the type of thing you do when somebody dies. And the thing is that I cannot remember a time, there has not been a time in my life, not one time ever, these, this, these two days this week are the first time in my entire life that Mike Francesa has not been on WFAN. And, I mean, I'm a little bit older than the fan, not by much, but I've got a few years on the fan. And when I I started listening to sports radio, I was in my early – before the before my teenage years, I was I was in the early time, and I I listened to it. And do you remember when the Mets got – here's, here's the example I was giving. And I kind of realized that I'm going around and about, but a little distracted on this end. Do you remember March 14th, 1998? I mean, it may not have been March, no, May 14th. I may have got the date off. But do you remember when the Mets acquired Mike Piazza? No, I do. And I, I actually think that Mike Francesa and Chris Mad Dog Russo took credit for that, I believe. Yeah, they did take credit for having a part in it. But one thing that got me that day, I remember, I listened to them when I heard about the trade, because I think it happened early. I listened yeah. from morning to night the entire day. I did not turn. I, was, I must have been, this was 98, so I was 17. You and I had just met. Um, right. I did not listen to, or no, actually I hadn't met yet, met yet because I hadn't started working at A&P, but anyway, so not a, not a second of that day. Do I remember not listening to the fan? I mean, it was literally from morning to night all day long, just hearing people talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And I remember listening to Mike Francis and Chris Russo, my brother and I used to listen to it and my cousin listens to it. You know, it's just one of those things, like, whether you like Mike or you hated him, you know, he had that opinion where it was controversial. There was always something. And, you know, to, to quote, to quote uh, the, the great Eric Bischoff, controversy creates cash. And Mike was a guy who was just so controversial, you just had to know what it was. But fast forwarding, you had that event. I was telling my wife, I was like, it, it, it hasn't fully hit me yet, but 
that's what Mike always was to me. Like, you had to listen to the fan. You had to listen to Mike. You had to know what was going on. Obviously, I prefer Mike and Chris. I've always thought they worked better, well, well better together. Um, it, they always worked better together. Although, I prefer Chris solo to Mike solo. Mike, you know, repeats himself a lot. He's kind of rude and stuff. But the fact of the matter is, this is the first time, the first two days in my life that, since I listened to sports radio ever that Mike is not a part of the WFN family, that Mike has gone from WFN. And, you know, listening to those people, lavishing them with praises, it was a big slurp fest, basically, let's be honest. I mean, everybody was lining up to kiss the ring. But, man, now that he's gone, it's just honestly, sir, it's never going to be the same again. No, you're absolutely right. And the fact that, uh, you're right, uh, Thursday was a bit much where he was at the radio and TV Hall of Fame, whatever it was in the city, the Pele Center, what it was called, and to have like 85 guests basically, like you said, kiss the ring, uh, yeah, that was a bit much. But the guy, let's face it, we call him all different names. I mean, the Sports Pope is probably the most famous nickname that the guy has because he's just been on the air forever. And, um, you know, pretty much, he, he. I mean, he did know a lot about sports and all four sports. No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And well, let's, that, let's not let's not lie. He, Mike was not. He didn't know a ton about hockey. Come on, let's be real. Yeah, except for probably hockey, where he he winged it. And you know what? The the sign of a true professional is somebody that could wing it and sound smart. And you know the way we used to deliver those. Oh, like, at the very least, sound, sound credible. At least sound credible. Yeah. Right, like us with the Neil Best interview. I I think back that we had no idea what we were talking about. Yet we sounded very credible. Had a great conversation with the guy. And, um, you know, that, that's just one example of, of just being professional and being able to deliver um, extremely entertaining content. And I think Mike did that for 30 years. He just, I mean, we talked about this at nauseum throughout the year. He decided that this was the, the time to step away. And I think part of it had to do with, I don't think anything to do with money. I think part of it had to do with the fact that Entercom had bought CBS. He had uh, some disagreements on their their visions of the future. I think Mike is also smart in terms of understanding that radio is a dying business and people are moving to podcasts. And I think that we'll see him resurface in a month or two, maybe a little longer. It depends. No, uh, I, I but, don't think I don't think Mike's going to resurface. I, I would give it like six months. I don't think Mike's going to come back right away. I mean, he's no Craig Carton. Let's put it that way. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But. Uh, the fact that Mike is no longer on the air, like you said, is that it's something that, like, I don't want to compare this to drugs or anything like that, but I was addicted to 1 p.m. on Monday morning, uh, Monday afternoon for the last 30 years or whatever. I mean, years that I started, I probably started listening uh, when I was like maybe about 18 or 19 years old. So we're talking about 20 years of listening of Mike and the Mad Dog and then Mike by himself. So I was one of those people that had to be in front of my TV or I had to be in front of my radio have it in front of my computer to listen to Mike's take at 1 p.m. on whatever happened. If it was a Yankee game, if it was a Met game, if it was a, a trade, if it was a football game, anything that, that had to do with sports, I had to get Mike's take on it because I felt he was the best and there was nobody that could replace him. And that's true because we, we look at, we could talk about this a little later, but we look at what the WFAN has decided to replace him with and you start to realize that, geez, you miss him even more now because the content that is on the air now, the last two days, is just unlistenable, if that's a word. Um, and just, it, it has sure turned it me off. <laughs> it definitely has turned me off from the WFAN. I mean, we, the safe route would have been the best route. And I think we talked about that at Nauseam, too, that the safer route would have been to um, 
give the two guys, the midday guys, a, a couple more hours and then extend uh, an offer to somebody else that was well-known, not these, this three-man booth that um, will be starting on January 2nd. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, we may as well, we, honestly, like we may as well get into that now. The problem I have with yeah. this whole scenario is, is the truth of the matter is the only person that could have replaced, there's only one person on the entire planet who could have replaced Mike Francesa and people not complained and people not have had an issue with. And that person is Chris Russo. Chris is the only one who could have filled those shoes, who could have filled that slot. And that's on the honest truth. They could have put Joe and Evan. They could have put anyone. They could have put Babe Ruth. I mean, Mickey Mantle. You know, Joe DiMaggio, because Joe DiMaggio is just there's nothing in 1982 but be Joe DiMaggio. I mean, let's be real. I mean, Joe DiMaggio <laughs> is Joe DiMaggio. And then, you know, 56, he was Joe DiMaggio, you know. But now he's just Joe DiMaggio, and he's done nothing but be Joe DiMaggio. Let's be real about that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, they could have put anybody. They, they could not have put anybody in that slot other than Chris. And the fact that they didn't go back up the truck, give him part ownership of the fan or whatever the case is, you know, that whole – disaster turned into what we have. And I mean, I would have been happier with Moose and Carlin and, and Kim. I have no problem with that. I like, I like the three of them. I think they're interesting. They're good people. Um, you know, we can get into the whole Mike spitting in Continent's face and, you know, ripping him a new one over that whole thing with Jim Calhoun, which we heard the other day. You know, the one thing that, that stood out to me in that Mike Francesa slurp fest was the fact that the guys who were replacing him did, and girl, did not come on the air. To me, the smoothest transition would have been interview Chris Carlin, interview Bart Scott, interview Maggie Gray, and then have them come on his show as the first guest of their show as the first guest, whatever. You know, maybe that's a bit much. Maybe that's just me, you know, the, the poet in me, whatever, you know, wanting to be artsy. But the fact that there was none of those people called in, the fact that, you know, none of those people had any interest. And, of course, Cotton and, and Mike haven't spoken in years because Mike was, let's be honest, he was a total douchebag to him for absolutely no reason. He's being difficult for the sake of being difficult. But anyway, the thing that gets me is, you know, the only link to Mike Francesa, the only link to, you know, Mike and Chris is Chris Carlin, and he's the one guy. WFAN hired the one guy connected to them who doesn't talk to them. It's like they couldn't have picked a worse person to replace Mike in that respect. You know, if they had picked Moose, they'd be like, wow, you know, him and Moose still talk, and he talks to Dog and everything. But Continent, I'm sure, with what Mike did to him, really just, that's it. It was over, ruined whatever relationship they had. And that bothers me because Chris should have called in the show. They should have made up. It should have been okay. Mike should have wished them good luck and talked about the air and everything else, you know. Um, to his credit, Chris has been, like, cordial, and somebody called it today at the show and said, you know, lots of luck. I mean, you're filling some heavy, some, some big shoes. And Chris said, you know, he said, so he didn't say amen, but he basically was like, yeah, that's absolutely right. And he touched on that, you know. So to me, that was what was kind of lacking in this whole transition, that there was no transition. It was just, I love you, goodbye. And then this nonsense of, you know, Carlin and Scott. And then today it was Carlin and Greg. And, and I want to get to that in a second, but, but just give me your take or, you know, feedback or opinion on what I just said before we get into the whole three-person booth thing, because I, I want to touch on that, and I want to rip that to shreds. So you go, sir. <laughs> I, I like the idea of having a smooth transition, just like the transition of power when a president is leaving office and then the new president takes over. I, right. I like the idea of having Mike I mean, this is uh, a interview. papacy. This is a, sport, this is a sports <laughs> papacy. It should have been something. 
there should have been some sort of transition. It was just very abrupt, and it was like, well, Mike's done, and now we start the show. That's it. Yeah, I don't know if it was. It had to do with the, the domino effect of the whole, like, you know, Mike was leaving in December, um, this back in September, and then all of a sudden Craig Carton gets arrested for, uh, you know, the money laundering and all that, and now they're scrambling right. to decide on what they want to do. And then they they actually ended up on on Boomer Show um, a couple about a month ago. All three of them, even Geo, when they introduced the new lineup. So those guys were interviewed by Boomer, which to me is right. like like you said, it's that that's not a smooth transition. I mean, okay, you want to introduce Geo as your new co-host, that's fine. Of but course, three, that makes sense. Right, but the three that you just mentioned, Gray. Scott and, and Carlin should have been on Mike's show and talked um, about, you know, what's going to happen and the future of the show. And the, it's I the guarantee best. you, yeah. I guarantee you the reason it didn't happen is because of the beef that Mike and Chris uh, have. I guarantee you there's no – you're telling me that if Mike and Carlin were on, uh, were on good terms, he wouldn't have appeared on the farewell show? You're telling me that Cotton wouldn't have come in studio and they wouldn't have done something? I mean, there's just, there's just no way that I can believe that, that Carlin – and Mike Francesa, if they were on good terms, wouldn't have done some sort of transition. And to me, I think it makes it worse because it's like, you know, Mike's like, yeah, you know, good luck to the people replacing me or whatever. He he meant he called them continent, which I thought was, you know, was nice throwback or whatever. But I, I don't I don't believe it's sincere. I don't think Mike does want them to do well, honestly. You, you and I have talked about it. I honestly think that the ratings are going to tank. I think this team is terrible. I have nothing. I don't even know Maggie Gray. I have nothing against her. I know she's got a Sports Illustrated background, and um, you know she's she's worked for them and she's done some other stuff. Carlin, we know Bart Scott, former Jet, former Raven, current douchebag. You know this is just to me this is this mix is the worst mix of all time. The fact that they said, hey, you know what, we need to have another football player on the fan because Boomer's not enough. At, at the very least, with Boomer, he's passionate about hockey. He can talk hockey. He likes baseball. You know Boomer's a big Mets fan. He can t- As a matter of fact, the Mets, he doesn't have a football team, but the Mets and the Islanders, really, he's, a, he's an Islanders fan, correct? No, he's a Rangers fan. No, he's a Rangers fan. He's a Rangers fan. I'm sorry. So he's a Rangers fan. He's a Mets fan. But you know that he's passionate about those teams. So at the very least, Boomer is semi-credible when it comes to sports. I may not be a huge fan of his, but you can say, all right, well, Boomer knows his stuff. But you're getting Bart's got another ex-football player. What in the world? Why? Tell me why in the world the WFN people, the higher ups, have said, you know what we need? We need another ex football player on on our station. You know, to me, they could have got an ex baseball player. And I know you're going to go, well, you know, what are you going to talk about? But the truth is, a lot of these athletes do like other sports. They like multiple sports, you know? And, but having Bart Scott there, and then t- today, uh, you know, you, you can kind of fill us in on that. But he, apparently, he said something yesterday on the first show that, that leaves me dumbfounded. But my, my thing before we get into that is, how do you say, all right, we're going to have a three-person booth. They're going to replace Mike Francesa. We're going to take one guy and then turn into three people who are going to try to replace him. And yet, when you start the show, the three of them are not there together. There, it, to me, it is inexcusable that their first episode following Mike is Chris and Bart. And then the next day, it's Chris and Maggie. Is, is that the way the show's going to be, where every day it's a different co-host with Chris? Or they're just going to rotate? Because to me, it makes no sense. How do you? How are you not ready? They should not have. A, if this was the case, there should have been like a two-week gap. Could have put Richard near. Could have put whoever else. Is Richard near even on the fan anymore? Saturday mornings, I believe he is. Yes. Okay. You could have put him. You could have put Steve. Well, maybe not Steve. You could have put 
anybody else in that slot for two weeks. You know, Moose and Kim, whatever, and just have a gap. And then come January, boom, we're going to start the three-person show. But the fact that they have three, two of the three people to start the show for the first two days and then all of a sudden, that is inexcusable. It is unforgivable. That is an absolute train wreck waiting to happen. And honestly, I give this six months before it's completely down the toilet and WFAN is scrambling to replace this, this mess. Because to me, that's just poor plan, piss poor planning, and it's just an absolute disgrace. Well, let's dissect this if we're going to go into the new the new three-man person, the three-person uh, show. <laughs> three-man person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. There's another, there's another Joe B-ism for, if, for all oh, you fans out there. I said I can be the mad dog if I had to be. Um, but anyway, yeah, you have a show, right? Like you said, Maggie, Carlin, and Scott. Scott admitted yesterday on the air, not even off the air, he admitted on the air to a caller that he hates baseball. I mean, to me, that's that's probably strike number four. I'm going. I'm going to go backwards here. That's strike four because. <laughs> no, to you, me, you, you're off the air at that point. You're you're done. Yeah, you're, you're baseball gone. is Base- the sport. It, it's literally it it's the number one sport in New York. It's always going to be. If this is a baseball town. New York is. You know, when the Mets are good, there's nothing hotter. When the Yankees are good, which they're they are very good now, they're the toast of the town. That's all they talk about. You remember the mid '90s and the early 2000s? It was Yankee yeah. baseball, wall-to-wall, 24-7, and that was before the fan was the Yankees radio station. It was the Mets station at the time. And since I can remember, you're talking wall-to-wall. Say whatever you want. The NFL is not an all-year-round sport. You know, they're not, they're not making a bunch of trades. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo being the exception. You don't see too many trades in the NFL. It's not a thing. There's salary cap dumps, and there's people getting signed and cut or whatever. But honestly, football is the six months. You know, it's, it's August, it's training camp, and then once, once the Super Bowl is over, that's it. You don't even think about football again until July. Let's be honest. Baseball is 24-7, 365. They analyze, they break it down. It's, it's, a, it's a game that they play daily, every single day. So it's going to get the most play, and it gets the most How is one of the three hosts of your drive-time show, your flagship show, hates baseball? Explain that to me. How does that get by the, the WFAM brass? Yeah, not only that, explain to me how, two things, explain to me how Mike Francesa announced he was leaving probably in December of 2015, had about 24 yeah. months, WFAN had, WFA had about 24 months, to not they didn't have to scramble, they had time to actually review and decide who they wanted to replace Mike. Even though Mike is not replaceable, you could have picked me and Dave and replaced that show, that time slot, and you would have had a more entertaining show. Now you have somebody that doesn't like baseball. So let me ask you this. Why am I going to tune no, in to the show? No, like he hates baseball. He hates, he hates baseball. But, but why am I going to tune in and listen to his take on the Yankee game last night or the Mets game last night or, or a big game well, in baseball? Thing. That's what I don't get. Well, first of all, none of us actually heard him say that because none of us were listening to the show. But apparently this guy called in and said that. We, I totally believe it's true. The problem is that is, is Bart just going to be quiet during baseball season? Is he going to be show up sporadically? Is he not going to be there? If he hates baseball, what is he going to contribute? What is he going to say? Oh, that was a great game last night. What, what, you're going to have Maggie and Chris breaking down Mets baseball in June to the Mets with 50 games out of first place, or the Yankees are 10 games up on the Red Sox. You're going to have Bart Scott just sitting there in silence. I, and I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. You had two years to find Mike's replacement. 
and the replacement you settle on is a guy who doesn't even like the most important sport in all of New York, that, that makes no sense. That's like you and I getting signed to an MMA radio station on Sirius, and we both hate MMA, and all we do is talk wrestling, but yet somehow we're on the MMA station. Maybe that's not the greatest example because Busted Open is on the MMA station. It's more of a combat sports thing. But regardless, it's an analogy nonetheless. Or let's go to the NBA, you know, working from the MLB studios, and all we're doing is talking football. It makes no sense, sir. It makes It's such a horrible move and a horrible oversight that it goes to show you just how lost WFAN is. What was your other question? No, I don't remember right now. But I also want to say, like, it's almost like WFAN went to the extreme opposite of what Mike was. Mike was a, a white male by himself, did a show by himself for the last uh, nine years on WFAN. And then WFAN's brain trust, Mark Chernoff and whoever runs that stupid station on 660, decided that, yeah, we're going to need a female and we're going to need an, uh, a minority and we're going to need somebody that just can talk all sports. So they came up with the three-man well, crew. Somebody who the, the fans – well, the thing is, they picked Carlin, so I'm, I'm guarantee you that was on purpose. They didn't pick Carlin because he's just good at talking sports. They could have picked Adam Shine. They could have picked anybody for that. They could have brought back Damon Amendolara, who's a WFM for a cup of coffee. No, they picked Carlin on purpose. That was a purposeful move. There's no way that wasn't just, well, he has a connection to Mike, even though he's the worst guy ever as far as the connection to Mike, but that was done on purpose. Let's be real. That wasn't just like, oh, he can talk sports. That's no, he, there's a connection to Mike and the fans. Let's bring him in. I don't know this from a hole in the wall because I, obviously I'm not privy to any inside conversations, but my my prediction, and you might throw this to shreds, you might blow me up for this one, but I predicted, I predict that Bart Scott was only hired because, A, he was a minority, and, two, or, B, uh, that Boomer Esiason <laughs> loved him and he vouched for him and he begged him like a dog to get him a job on WFAM because those two guys were friends on the morning show, and I'm pretty sure that either Boomer gave, him, gave them uh, an ultimatum saying, if you don't hire Bart Scott, then I'm leaving too. And you know what, Boomer? You're not that great by yourself, and you're not that great without Craig Carton. I'll be honest with you. Craig Carton is an idiot, and he's a loser, and he's a felon. He should be locked up for at least five <laughs> to ten years, but at least he was entertaining. Boomer is not well, entertaining. All right. I'll, I'll tell you I'll say this much. I, you know I loathe Carton. I despise the guy. I think he's the absolute worst. But there, he, he absolutely had that. He was charismatic, and he had, a, he had that kind of personality. And yes, he was grading, but the, but he was definitely a guy who could be entertaining. I totally agree. Boomer is not entertaining. He's not entertaining as a duo, and he's not entertaining by himself. And he's just unlistenable. So I get why you're not excited about Gio and uh, and Boomer as the you know the morning show. I like Giannotti. I've always liked Giannotti, but I totally get why you're not excited about that. I would have gone for Giannotti and Carlin as a as a duo to talk sports. You know, if you want to replace Mike and you have to, you know, you want to have that connection because Gio was a board up. I would have had the two of them replace him. I would have had the three-person booth that you talked about. You know, the problem is you're right. I, I'm sure the only reason Scott has a job is because of Boomer, because, I mean, Mad Dog absolutely destroyed WFAN, you know, in an, in an interview for hiring Bart Scott, you know. And to me, it just makes no sense. It's like we have to have the token black guy. Let's hire him, you know, because, you know, whatever, civil rights or Black Lives Matter or whatever the case is, and, I don't even want to get into all that, but the fact of the matter is that Bart Scott is the worst 
choice. I, I don't even Dave, know Bart Scott from a hole in the wall. Yeah. Dave, let me let me. This here's my question: How does the WFAN brain trust that are making millions upon millions? If I had that stupid clip right now, I'd be playing it. How do they decide that Bart Scott, with no radio experience, is a perfect replacement? Well, he no, does not have perfect. some radio experience. He, he does have a little bit because he's been interviewed. He's been a guest. I'm pretty sure he's got. He's been on uh, Tiki and Tierney's show. So he does have some experience, maybe not as much as a host, but I'm pretty sure he's done some hosting and stuff. He, so he he is into sports, or he's into radio. Okay, so you're going to put him on the best time slot that there is in America yep. from 2 to 6? I mean, what what were you thinking, Best time WFM? slot, best market. They weren't right. thinking. They were thinking we want to do something different, and this is going to blow up in their face. First of all, the fan backlash is going to be big because I don't think Scott is that popular in, in here. And second of all, the fact that he's replacing Mike is a huge thing. I mean, I'm wondering if this is some way to soften the blow. They're going to make it so bad when Mike leaves that his first replacement is so terrible that whoever they put after these three, it'll be like, oh, okay, we'll give them a chance because they burn their bridges. I'm almost wondering if they're like, hey, Bart, why don't you take some abuse for three months? We'll pay you, you know, a million bucks just to be uh, a poster child, be say stupid things, be horrible. And then once we replace you, we won't even need you anymore. But we'll we'll pay you off because to me it's just there's no way that they think there's there's just no sense in this. How does anybody think that hiring Bart Scott is a good idea? You're replacing Mike Francesa with, with part of the team is Bart Scott. Why? And I, I would have hated any football player. It's not even just Bart. I I know that he's a he's a felon and he's a low life scum. But if he hadn't, I know this sounds stupid to say because you can't play what if. But if if Carr never done did all this stuff illegally, my my plan as WFAN would have been this. I had two. I have two years to plan this, and I would have done this. I would have put Joe and Evan from six to ten in the morning. I know you're going to disagree with this. I'm going to put them six to ten. I'm going to ask Kim Jones and Moose do from do from ten to two. And then I'm going to ask Boomer and Carton to do the midday drive because to to replace Mike Francesa, you need somebody charismatic, controversial, just like he was. And Craig Carton would have been the perfect fit from the two to six time slot, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know about two to six if that would have been the, the correct fit, but if nothing else, I remember thinking about Mike this time because we've talked about this for a long time. What are they going to do to replace him? It's like they picked the worst option. The worst possible idea, the worst possible option, the worst po- And, again, I have nothing against Maggie Gray. I know nothing about the woman. You know, she was talking today about how she was an umpire and she was a trained umpire. Um, I, th- I don't know if it was in college or junior college or whatever, so she knows baseball. But at the very least, I know she can talk some baseball with Chris. But that's what, that's what bothers me. You're replacing Mike Francesa with a legend in this time slot, in any time slot, but in this time slot specifically, you're replacing Mike. The guy who doesn't even like baseball. How does that even make sense? Explain that to me, sir. How does WFN come up with this and think it's a good idea? And then how does anybody sign off on it? It's like when the Giants benched Eli Manning and it was this disgrace, this horrible, horrible mess. The backlash was swift. The fans hated it. And they go and fire Ben McAdoo and, and uh, Jerry Reese like the next week. I mean, at that, at that point, the damage had already been done. So my point is, how does John Mara sign off on what they did to Eli? How does WFN sign off on giving Bart Scott the, you know, one of the main slots for the afternoon drive? Of all the freaking ex-athletes in New York, you tell me Bart Scott is the best guy that you can get to talk sports? I mean, what a disgrace. 
Well, not only that, logistically, I'm thinking about this too as you're telling me as you're ripping this apart because we're going to continue to rip this apart for another, at least another half hour. But uh, I think about a three-person booth. It's almost like WFAN said, oh, wow, ESPN could do it with Peter Rosenberg and whoever the two other guys are doing it with him. And they decide that, yeah, let's try this experiment on WFAN, the flagship station. But the thing is, let's let's let's, let's just say they take a caller um, to talk about a baseball's question. Now, like you said, is Bart Scott just going to com- be completely quiet? Chris Carlin and Maggie Gray are going to interact with the caller, or are all three going to interact with each other? There's no way they're not going to talk over each other. The calls are going to be longer than they should be because if you watch Mike and Chris and even Mike by himself, they were. Um, it was like almost like artwork or artistry, uh, the way they handled calls. Like calls were never on the air for more than a minute or two, if that. Sometimes they were on longer, but very rare. Now you're going to have a caller call in, and then you're going to have to get, you know, you're going to have to get Carlin's take on it. You're going to have to get Maggie's take on it, and you're going to have to get Bart Scott's take on it. The calls are going to be too long, first of all. People are not going to want to listen to a stupid caller for more than 30 seconds to 45 seconds because we know the tension span in the in the tri-state area is no more than a minute. So think about a, a, a regular caller calling into a three-person show and how long that's going to be. And that that in itself is going to be a train wreck. Dave? <laughs> yeah. You make us all sick. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, I had a little kind of difficulty in my part. What was the last thing you said, though? No, I was saying, can you imagine just a, a regular caller calling in to talk about whatever they want to talk about? Oh, they, yeah, 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 yeah. And, well, yeah, that's what I was got, saying before. Is is Bart going to be in complete silence? Is he not going to talk? And that's what worries me about the three-man booth anyway. And I was thinking about me and you, like if we somehow hypothetically, miraculously, were able to get on the air, me being in Chattanooga and you being in, in uh, wherever the hell you live, New Jersey, I don't even know how we would do it to not talk over each other. We we do a pretty decent job now not being in the same room, but there have been times that we're constantly talking over each other or whatever because we're not in the same place. Imagine three people talking at the same time or having opinions on something, especially if they're passionate about it. And the problem I have is, is, you know, Mike said something interesting that I had never thought about. It was in an interview with Dan Patrick. I'm not sure if you heard it, but I sent it to you. Um, He was talking about one of the things that him and Chris did, and this is very true. If you ever noticed, one of them was always on the show and they were together. When Mike went on vacation, Chris did solo. When Chris was on vacation, Mike did the show solo. Very rare, if ever, can I think of no of somebody else replacing them. And they didn't go to vacation at the same time, so one of them like it kept the show going, basically. So it, what's going to happen with these three? Is it like, all right, well, Carlin's going on vacation, so the other two take over? Or is it like Maggie's on vacation, so the other two take over? Or Bart's, you know, um, on vacation. Is it going to be that type of thing where where one of them is there and the other two are on vacation, or two of them are there and one's on vacation, or all three of them are taking vacation at the same time? I mean, to me, there's so many different things. But Mike's right. That kept it for the consistency of Mike and the Mad Dog going for years because there was always a presence by Mike or the Mad Dog. Yeah, and the thing is too. I even think about like the like I, how I told you like I always wanted to listen to at one o'clock on a Monday after a, a big event over the weekend or yeah. the next day. To now you're gonna have to get three people's take on it before, as the opening monologue, or is one person like you said not gonna give their take on the opening monologue? Usually, the first twenty minutes of a show will set the table for the rest of the show. So 
you're going to tell me that you're going to have three people's take, and that'll take you right up to like the tw- the the twenty minute mark, and right up to the flash. So you're going to have each person talk for about six minutes if you if you average it out, maybe if that, maybe even five minutes. So and op- to me, the opening uh, twenty minutes are the most important part of any radio show because it, it like I said, it sets the table. So. Now you have three people that get, have to give their take. They have to set their t- their table for the rest of the show. I, I don't know how it's going to work, and I honestly think that Mike Francesa's followers and you've heard of Francesa Con, right? Yeah, Mongo Nation, all of course. Yeah. yeah, I'm convinced now that Mike, not willingly, maybe he, maybe subconsciously or whatever, but he, these fans, these rabid fans that they are are going to not listen to this radio show now that he's gone, and they're going to follow him for wherever he resurfaces, whether it be a podcast, you know, my theory of maybe being a weekly TV show on MSG, maybe with Mad Dog um, on a Sunday night or, or whatever night, Thursday night, yeah. uh, prime time, something like that. I, I think that the callers are no longer going to – these callers that were loyal to Mike to a T right. are no longer going to call yeah. these people. No way. I agree with you on that. I don't think there's any way they're going to call him, but the fact is you're probably going to the, – the listenership at first may just be curious to see, well, what's going on here? You know, Mike's gone. What's the plan? But the fact is that when Mike is completely gone and then you have to replace, how is that going to work? And I think that's going to be the issue. Like, this is this is kind of like the honeymoon period, but that's going to work. This whole two-person out of three, and then the, then the other person's gone. Now it's two other people out of the three – I mean, for this issue, it's got a rotating cast. It's got six six guests, six hosts, and every day there's two different hosts, and they mix them all together. Because to me, that a morbid curiosity, people are going to listen, but my cousin who listened to Mike for years didn't like it. You hated it. I didn't like it. You know, I'm sure that people are going to listen to this and be like, man, this stinks, and then that's going to cause people listening. That's going to cost, uh, you know, I guess sponsorship and revenue because people are going to tune out. And if you're right, these, these guys are so loyal to Mike. I doubt they're going to listen to that time slot knowing he's not there. So the, the ratings, the ratings, the audience will probably tank. To be honest with you, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yeah, and you know, honestly, uh, you can never recreate Mike and the Mad Dog because those two guys were the best at the business, and together they were pure gold. I mean, that's not even being a pun. That, that they were truly pure gold, and our inspiration for this show right here. So you can never replace them and you could never try to recreate the, what they had because what they had was organic and it was just, it worked perfect for them. They had the, the pers- perfect personalities to work with each other. Just like I feel like me and you work pretty good, uh, pretty well, not as well as Mike and Chris, but who can be Mike and Chris. But the fact now that you have three people uh, replacing them, even when you have a guest on the air, let's just say, um, I don't know, Eli Manning, uh, for example, is going to have a weekly show uh, with these guys every every Monday at 5 p.m. Now you have three people, so now you're you either making each person only ask one or two questions, or you're having a longer interview than than you really want. Because usually, if you have somebody on the air uh, on the line to talk about whatever sport they want to talk about, you, you usually have them right. on for about 20 minutes, right? Now you you've changed that dynamic too, and this is where I think WFAN. Their, their critical mistake was that they they should have went. I feel anyway, they should have went the safer route with a two man a two person booth, whether it be a female and a male, um, 
well, I hate to say this, but I, I don't think two females would have worked in that time slot. Maybe you right, could have that right, right. for a different time. But you, you need to have a male. And I, I, I think to to get the female's perspective, yes, somebody like Kim Jones, and I, I, I think you told me this off the air too, uh, she didn't want the gig. But you know what? If you offered her enough money, you, you might have been able to sway her away from the NFL Network and, and convince her to do a radio talk show because she's so good at it. Whenever Boomer and Karin were on vacation, uh, Moose and Kim were people that I actually could listen to. I, I, it's not that I turned it off WFAN. I was able to listen to, uh, to you know, Moose and, and Kim. They were actually good. They made sense. They right. knew, they knew everything about every sport. I mean, this this three person booth at the at, from two to six the drive. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know what they were thinking. I think the safer route would have been the better route. But maybe like you said. It's hard to replace the best person ever, and the first person or first group that replaces him has to fail before they re- really go with the real plan, which would be really sucky for, for Carlin, uh, Scott, and Maggie Gray. But you never know with WFN, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, and I think that that's the problem. And To me, the ratings are going to tank, you know, I, what it's just going to be bad. And then, you know, Mike who's irreplaceable. You've got this whole thing going on. I mean, how thrilled do you think he is listening to this and listening? What do you think he's going through Mike's head right now? When he tunes in on Monday, it's Colin and Scott. When he tunes in on Tuesday, it's Colin and, uh, Colin and Gray. What's going through Mike's mind? I mean, he's got to be thinking, like, yes, he might have felt deep down inside that this was the right time to leave. And maybe he... You know, maybe a little birdie came to him and said that, you know, ratings are starting to slip, Mike. You you want to leave out? You want to leave as your number one? Well, now's the time to leave because, you, you you know, because you don't want to leave when you're number two because he's such a competitive guy, which I really can't blame the guy. If you're number one, you probably want to go out as number one. You don't want to go out uh, finishing in, in fourth in the ratings. So I think part of me feels like Mike did feel that this was the best move for him to leave now. But, you know, the, the replacement players <laughs> – are just just god awful that he must be like in his house with his wife when the kids are at school he must be like yesterday well i know that yesterday i i gave you a clip i'm not sure you saw it he was on a uh, financial show called the halftime report so i don't even know if he got to listen to them live uh scott and uh, carlin but he might be able to listen to today and i'm sure that deep down inside he must be thinking to himself wow this is this is going to be bad, and I think that the way he says, like, you can't spell uh, WFAN without Francesa, I thought that was really like giving them a, a nice little jab as it, on his way out, if you know what I mean. Dave? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry about that. I just, there's so much stuff going on here on my end, it's just, I don't know, sir, to me, it's just, it's going to be a mess, we both know it, American people know it, WFN is going to suffer for it. I just, I just wish I knew what they were thinking, sir. I really do. I almost wish they had backed up the truck and said, Mike, here, here's half the station. Just to stay. Don't leave. I mean, is there anything – you think there's anything that could have kept Mike on the, on the air? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I asked you, like, if they doubled his salary for the next three years, would that have kept <laughs> him? He does have three kids that he has to put through college, and I'm sure that he's well off financially. But who could turn down a – the best job, Mike even admitted it. it's not even a job, but let's just call it that. 
It was the best job in the world. He was to be able to talk sports. If you find a, a, a passion or something that you love to do, it's, you never work a day in your life. And Mike was so right about that. So if you double the guy's salary, let's just say he was making $3 million a year this year. Let's just say they double it to six for the next three years. I mean, it's hard to turn down $18 million unless, again, he was – um, a little birdie told him that you know if you if you come right, to podcast right. or if you come to Sirius, we're going to give you twenty million dollars a year, whatever it is. Um, I just think about you, you talk about ratings, but I, I think about not only ratings, but I think about sponsors. I think about all the sponsors that uh, are affiliated with just baseball in general. The fact if, if if this gets out that Bart Scott hates baseball, you tell me that these sponsors that that pay millions of dollars on WFAN are not going to pull out and go to a different radio station or, or follow Mike to wherever he's going, that's going to cost them money too, just losing the sponsorships. If you know what I mean. Woo! The dog and food's going at it as hard as we can. I wish we had those clips. We could have just played them over and over again. We could have just done a whole hour of Mike Prince off the clips there. I just, I don't know, like you said with Bart, I don't know how it's going to work. I just think it's going to be a big mess. And it's not even just that they're replacing Mike, but that just makes it 100 times worse. And I guess there is no amount of money that could have kept him on the air, sir. Yeah, why, tell me why WFN didn't want to go the safer route. What, what was their logic to go with this whole dynamic change with three people? Well, I think it's like you said, they wanted a complete opposite of what they had. An old fat white guy, so they replaced him with a younger fat white guy, a black guy. He's an athlete, an ex-football player, in case you didn't know. And then uh, a woman who can talk sports. And, again, uh, no, nothing, you know, it's fine. If Maggie's any good, I'll find out. I'll, I'll have to judge it. But to me, it just, it's going to be unlistenable. And they went, they went the safe route. They went the PG route, really not the PG, the PC route. Instead of shaking things up, they just went with the status quo. And to me, it's just like, all right, well, whatever. But when Craig did what he did and messed everything up, you know, forcing it. Because if Craig was still there and the ratings were still up, up the wazoo for Boomer and Carton, you say, all right, well, it's not that big of a deal. But the fact that they lost Carton and then the fact that they lose Mike within a couple of months of each other, I mean, those are like the two biggest names in your station. Now they're both gone forever, and where do you go? And that's kind of the issue. Yeah. I mean, if if Carlin was around, you could have still had the morning show, and I, I could right. almost tolerate having Geo and and Chris Carlin doing their show from two to six because I think they're very they're very good and you know they they're well rounded. They they understand every sport and they could talk to every sport. I I don't know how I'm going to be able to be. I know I'm not going to. I'm just asking the question. I don't know how somebody's going to be able to listen to Bar Scott break down a baseball game um, when he, the guy hates baseball. I I just I don't I don't know how that works. And it's it's, it's mind boggling yeah. to me. No, it is mind boggling. I totally understand that, sir. But you know, we we talked about um the, the train wreck that is on the air now. But let's talk a little bit about Mike. And you know, I mentioned what he meant. You know, you have any anecdotes, any stories? I mentioned that one to you about my, you know, telling my wife and kind of coming to terms with the fact that Mike is gone. I feel like a part of my family, you know, extended family is gone, and I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird to me to listen to the fans, and I'm still in denial because it feels like Mike's on vacation, and they just have these 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 schlubs that they picked up off the street to replace them as you know just for the next couple of days, like the way that Mike has always gone on vacation. Yeah, I mean, you might be in denial, but it sunk in once once six twenty hit on Friday. I mean, to me, it sunk in that he was gone. I mean, 
I feel like I know what you're saying. Like this is the week that he would normally take off, but you know I already know inside that he's not coming back on January second. So when he when he left, uh, a part of our I feel like a part of our show even um, took a hit because we used to we used to make fun of him. We used to you know agree with his take. So um, he was the, him and Chris were the reason why we decided to do our own little show. Um, so without him on the air in any type in any form of media. I feel like part of us has also took a hit. I mean, he was, in a way, he was also our third co-host, if you think about it. I mean, we used to, play, he played, we played more of his clips than any other clip that we've had, I think. Yeah. No, I'm sure we have, to, we've also played Mickey Boyce a couple of so, I mean, there's got to be some competition there, sir. <laughs> there is. <laughs> but it's, 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 I don't know. The fact that he said he was going to leave and he left, Makes me think that no money, um, nothing could have swayed him to stay with WFAN. And again, it could have been the fact that this company called Entercom had bought out CBS uh, Radio, uh, CBS Communications, and uh, he just didn't get along with them. Or he knew that the radio and his ratings were taking a slight hit. Even though he was still number one, he might realize that right. it's time to move on to the next medium, which, I, you know, like we do podcasts. I mean, Craig Carton, the felon he is, he's doing podcasts. I mean, it's it's on the podcast, it seems. And radio, like um, people have said, is, is, a dying, is a dying form of communication. And um, right. I don't know if, if WFA is intent on now just burying <laughs> – Burying themselves, uh, being in, I don't know who's going to be number one anymore. It might be ESPN Radio, uh, but yeah, WFAN, yeah, they have to realize that they're no longer going to be number one. And um, I, I, I hope that this this three man booth doesn't last more than like six months to a year because uh, <laughs> I, I can't listen to it. I really can't. I, I couldn't listen I, I to it yesterday. See- I honestly can't imagine. I cannot imagine it's going to last more than more than six months. Or it just doesn't seem like it's going to be a, a good thing. And what's funny, folks, is that here, you know, we, you know, over here talking about radio is a dying breed, and you and I would give would give anything. You you mentioned one of the body parts that I won't repeat on the air because this is PG. But I mean, you tell me wanting to do anything just to be on the air and basically pull yourself out to to the radio station, and yet nobody is on radio and they want to get off radio. Oh, leave it to us. Uh, leave it to us. Well, leave it to us, but also we've always come to the realization that a regular radio or regular AM or FM was not the way for our show to go because we talk about things like, you know, like wrestling and things that movies, entertainment. Our, our show was a perfect variety show where we could have been, uh, we could have had a perfect spot on serious radio. Not, I'm not saying on the Mad Dog station, obviously, but we could have definitely had one of those stations because, as Evan Roberts had pointed out years ago. He doesn't even know how they do ratings at Sirius anymore. Maybe they they found a way to do ratings, but um, right, we could right. have definitely had a show on that. I mean, any time slot, any station, we we would have put on a, a great a great show. I feel, and I felt like we had so many connections at one point. Not through me, because of you, obviously, definitely, maybe. Right. But you had so many connections that if we had those people come on. Uh, our show again, but on Sirius, I think people would really see that this is a great show. Sponsor, I, I, I guarantee you, sponsors would be signing up, and we'd be having a great time on a, some Sirius station. And you know, we'd make it. We wouldn't make it to number one, but we'd we'd be entertaining enough where our show would last, and we'd we'd be doing the thing that we'd love to do, and that's entertain and just talk sports and talk entertainment, talk wrestling. 
And unfortunately, not one time did we get somebody to say, you know what, I really believe in these guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my, my foot, put, you know, I'm gonna pony up right. and 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 get these guys into at least get their foot in the door and give these guys a tryout. The fact that we've we went to two radio stations or three radio stations and they asked us to pay them was just uh that was probably the most demoralizing times throughout the last seven years I would have to say. <laughs> well there's been plenty of demoralizing times over the years, so let's be honest about that. Yeah. So Mike is gone and <laughs> Along with that is probably me listening to WFA, and I, I, I know I jokingly say I listen to Boomer and Jerry, and I, I, I even though Jerry's probably not the best solution, um, I just felt yeah, that yeah. He, he's, the, he's the consummate team player. The guy was an update guy, and uh, he stepped in for the last three months to replace uh, Carton, which, you know, Carton's not replaceable with Jerry, but, you know, you look at these people, you look at Craig Carton, no, not Craig Carton, you look at uh, Jerry, Reco, you look at Gio uh, Giannotti, you look at even Evan Roberts, you look at Kim Jones, you look at the Moose. These are all people that actually were on our show, too, and we got to talk to these people. And I feel like every single one of them would have been a better replacement than the the three-man booth that they decided to go with. That's That's what boggles my mind is that, you know, you decided to go the extreme opposite of Mike Francesa, thinking that this was going to help you. There's no way it's going to help you. And, you know, I think right off the bat, if they decide to do take ratings for the first month from January 2nd to February 2nd, it might be high because it's the best time of year in terms of the NFL playoffs. And Bar Scott might be playoffs. able to break down every NFL playoff game. But at, right after that, uh, pitchers and catchers report probably on February 14th, if I'm not mistaken. And what's going to happen then? I mean, that's the, that's the, real, the real question. So it's a, yeah, it's a sad it's, day. It's it's really a sad day, it is. you know. Yeah, it, it is. And you mentioned all these different people who have these, all these connections to our show and everything. And I tell you, if we could have somehow got a turn off on, we could have somehow got um, you know, uh, Mike, Chris, anybody. I mean, I would have felt for anybody at this point, sir. But uh, you know, it is what it is. And to me, it's going to be a train wreck. It's going to be a mess. Like I said, I gave it six months top. And then my question at that point would be, who are they going to replace it with after this mess? And it makes me wonder, imagine they did it on purpose. They wanted to make this terrible idea so that way when the next people come in, it's going to be much better and right. just a two-person booth or a two-man person booth, as you would say. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And um, I, I, Are you, uh, by chance, before we, we sign off, because we only have about a minute left, are you like um, are you a follower on Twitter for, for Mons, um, Brian Monzo, um, which is my no. producer? No. No, I didn't even know he has his own show, apparently, doesn't he? I, I believe he, well, podcast, you mean? Yeah, yeah, well, podcast, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I mean, I would love to actually go out and send him a direct message. And, you know, who knows by chance if Mike, I mean, Mike Francesa has done a couple interviews um, throughout the last couple of years. Can you imagine if he agreed, if we somehow mentioned that we were on his show, we mentioned that he and Chris were the inspiration for, for our show, and he was able to come on our show? I mean, that we'd probably have to end Pure Gold after that interview. If we were able to get Mike Francesa to come on at 11 p.m. on a uh, Tuesday night, that would be the ultimate for us. No, the ultimate for me would be getting Raw on to talk about Mike and Twitter. <laughs> no, but you're right, <laughs> sir. I mean, it's definitely possibly definitely maybe a big deal and it's just you know it's sad to me it really is i think this is going to be a failed experiment and 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, sir. But Mike gave us a lot of good times. Yeah, I remember all those. A lot of good memories, a lot of good rants, you know. Mike can say whatever he wants, but let's be real. He fell asleep during the Extreme Murder interview, sir. He did, I mean, he, he was not aware. He says he did, and he claims that he did, but he is an absolute liar. He's a filthy, dirty, disgusting liar who lies. Let's be real. And we're definitely going to miss him. We're going to miss his take. Um, I'm not going to miss the abuse that he puts people through, but that's a whole other story. But to me, sir, it's just, it is what it is. We're going to have to see, but WFU will never be the same again. Crying gone now, especially with Mike being gone. You're talking the last 10 years and 30 for Mike. But they've been present, big presences, the big, the, most, the two most popular guys in the station. They're both gone. And to me, WFN, the ratings are going to go in the toilet, and, and they're going to be hurt as a brand, and it's just not going to be viable anymore. I think this is the beginning of the end. The downfall of WFN begins there. Yeah, it's the end of an era, and that's what's probably the saddest part is that I don't feel like we can even talk about WFN anymore. Like, I'm not really going to be able to tell you, like, I agree with Boomer's take or, or um, you know, Geo's take on whatever because, honestly, like, it's just not worth it anymore to me. It's just, I don't know, it's just never going to be the same again. No, you're right, and it's a shame, but, uh, you know, what can we do? I mean, sir, it's, it's like you said, it's the end of an era, and hopefully pretty soon this will be the end of an era. And uh, Chernoff will realize that he made a colossal mistake and he'll lose his job over it. And Mike will come back as the uh, program director for the station. <laughs> Hopefully, definitely, maybe. So uh, this might be our last show for 2017. So uh, wishing all the audience a happy, healthy, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. If we don't talk next week, I'm sure we'll talk offline. But if we don't do a show, we'll see what happens in 2018. Mike Francesa. No, definitely. It'll be it'll be a sad post apocalyptic world and uh, I'm sure that there's no way for you to uh, to even fathom it sir. It's yeah. it's beyond fathom, let's be real. You're right. Well folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, thank you for listening to our wonderful, amazing, transplendent show. A pleasure of yours of course. And uh, hopefully this will be uh you know, one of the greatest episodes of all time in the history of Pure Gold and I really wanted to do a line outside going nuts about Bart Scott. Bart Scott? Are you kidding me? Bart Scott? You know, that was kind of... No, this, this is the problem. That this is what Chernoff did not do. Have some guts! Show some guts! Goddamn! Uh, you have a show on the internet? I mean, this is this is no uh, this is no other way. Was was there another? Oh, there is there is another clip. This is what I forgot to play earlier today. Probably the greatest Mike Francesa clip of all time. As a matter of fact, I heard it the other day in the original context. Please think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, hopefully we'll see you on the other side in 2018. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Sir, it's been a pleasure. Uh, yours, of course. Let's see here. What's the, how do we end this? Eh, this is the only way. What's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. You guys are awesome. Indeed we are, Nikki. Indeed we are. Joe in Wallington. What's up, Joe? <laughs> Good night, folks. Good night. Woo. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>